Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. At Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, El Conservador. And it is a pleasure to be with you guys today. Now, there's a few things going on. By now, you've heard that President Joe Biden, Joel Baboso Biden, he says, we are only going to nominate a woman of color, a black woman. Now, again, you're not supposed to say woman anymore. You're supposed to say birthing person. But that's what he said. A black woman has to become the next Supreme Court justice. And this comes on the heels of the announcement that good old Stephen Breyer, Associate Justice Stephen Breyer, he's announced his retirement. So it's interesting because I think he did that in confidence and they went ahead and leaked it. It's just a fascinating turn of events that's happening here because they can't wait to get him out because they know that they're not going to be able to do it, uh, very likely be able to do it if they don't control the, the levers of power with a majority. So time is of the essence. They only have 10 months or so to do it. Biden says, I'll get it done by February. So there's a short list of people, and we're going to go ahead and do that. But before we get into that, and not necessarily today, Supreme Court doesn't really float my boat, forgive me. But you've heard about all the charges against Joe Biden, Joe El Baboso Biden, for all of his um, alleged criminality, his relationship with China, how they're using Hunter as the bag man. Well, we've got Peter Schweitzer. He's going to be coming up with us in a little bit. But first, what I want to talk about today is the stuff that's coming out of New York. Right. Bombshell story, in my opinion, of what's going on with nurses. Right. There's a New York nurse. She's a whistleblower. She says that records now show that there's a possible botched administration of covid-19 vaccine on kids saying, quote, some people got the wrong one. Anyway, I want you to hear this uh, clip of audio because I don't think you're going to believe this. But if you're a cynic like me, you're going to be disappointed, but you won't be surprised. I wouldn't want it to be done. If it were my kids and I could have easily administered vaccines and walked off. But these are little kids. They're, they're babies. At the end of the day, they're little kids. As a parent, it's our job to protect our children, right? That's right. It's 100% our job to protect our children. But a medical supervisor now admits on tape that Project Veritas uh, has acquired. Some people got the wrong one. That's a quote, quote unquote. When they were asked, how do we mix this COVID-19 vaccine? The nursing staff was told just to YouTube it. The nursing staff was also caught on video saying, quote, the wrong mixture could cancel out the uh, protection that the vaccine gives or have adverse effects, end quote. A pediatric nurse came to Project Veritas to blow the whistle on the New York contractors. Uh, they're called DocGo and their subsidiary Ambulance who may have jeopardized the safety of thousands of people, including young children, throughout negligent administration of the COVID-19 vaccine. 
Recordings from the whistleblower show fellow medical staff acknowledging mistakes of improperly mixing and administering the Pfizer children's vaccine with the wrong dilutant. Hmm. Obviously, this is because of a lack of training and a lack of incident reporting. Both uh, Pfizer, the CDC, and the FDA are all very clear the COVID-19 vaccine should only be administered with the proper saline solution. Bacteriostatic water is not to be used, yet that's what they used when they mixed it up. Project Veritas reached out to Pfizer, multiple doctors, and scientists. None were able to state with certainty what these adverse effects would be on the children and how getting uh, the mixture wrong would affect adults that may have been overdosed with the COVID-19 vaccine. Now we have another clip of audio. I want you to listen to this. They messed up the vaccine. They were giving out the wrong, um, they were mixing it with the wrong sauce. Oh, you were the one that was a bacterial thing? I? The same solution. Yeah, color is the top. It's green. Yeah, the green. It's green. They're green. So these recordings have come from a whistleblower that was employed through DocGo and Ambulance, and it shows nurses and other staff admitting that they improperly mixed the COVID-19 vax with barriostatic water instead of saline solution. Pfizer, the CDC, and the FDA gave clear instructions about how these dilutants work, saying barriostatic water is not to be used. But the Project Veritas audio and video recordings show nurses admitting that the erroneous mixture could cancel out or have adverse effects. And what they're talking about canceling out is the protection that the vaccine is supposed to give you. People were never notified. They never uh, filed the incident reports, as you heard, despite any of the company supervisors being uh, brought up to speed on it, being aware of the problem. Nobody did anything. According to the nursing staff, no incidents reports were filed at all. So one nurse reached out to James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, because of the potential risk that kids getting this botched mixture might be exposed to. Now, the whistleblower said, quote, on my first day there, there were no instructions about mixing the vaccine. I called the supervisor and asked, how do I dilute the vaccine? He told me, YouTube it. We were never given an in-service. This is according to their whistleblower. She's a nurse. Proper in-service training is mandatory standard operating procedure in the medical field. Project Veritas reached out to DocGo for comment and spoke with President Anthony Capone, who touted the training of DocGo medical staff and denied the possibility that patients received the wrong mixture, saying, quote, we have no circumstances in the company's history when a barriostatic solution was used to dilute any vaccine, said Capone. He added that the footage could be describing the wrong stuff people pulled from the shelves, but ultimately replaced before the vaccines were actually administered. I don't know. Sounds like a bunch of fake phony fraud to me. Sounds like somebody's trying to cover their butt because they got called out. They got caught. So we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with that. That just uh, came out yesterday or several hours ago, and we will keep our finger on the pulse. Now, I want to get back to the Supreme Court nominations, right? Because there's going to be a, vac- uh, yeah, 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 a vacancy, and we have some idea, according to the stuff suits, of who it's going to be. One such judge is Katanji Brown-Jackson. I don't know if that's Katanji or Katanji, K-E-T-A-N-J-I. But uh, Judge Jackson, 51 years old, widely considered an early frontrunner for any Supreme Court vacancy under Biden. This um, comes from her being chosen by Biden to fill the judgeship that Attorney General Merrick Garland left on the D.C. Court of Appeals. 
according to Politico, two sources close to the Congressional Black Caucus said that Jackson is viewed as a favorite and has long been on the uh, group of influential lawmakers shortlist for future openings on the court. Now, prior to her confirmation last summer, Jackson served as a federal district judge from 2013 to 2021, which was an appointment she got initially through President Barack Obama and then the subsequent appointment from President Biden. She also worked for the U.S. Sentencing Commission for several years, yada, 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 and clerked for Breyer. We'll see how that goes. Then there's Leandra Kruger. Since 2015, Kruger served as an associate justice on the California Supreme Court. She's 45 years old. She's held several high-ranking posts at the Department of Justice, including as Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Office of Legal Counsel, which provides legal guidance for the executive branch, and as an official in the Solicitor General's office. So we'll see what's going on with Leandra Kruger. Then we've got J. Michelle Childs. Juliana Michelle Childs has spent the past decade as a district court judge in South Carolina and was appointed by President Barack Obama. Prior to that, she was a state trial judge. And Biden nominated her for a spot on the D.C. Circuit Court, which is supposed to open up in February when Judge David Tatel assumes his senior status. So we'll see what happens with that. But these are the people that uh, Politico says. Then there's Leslie Abrams Gardner, another federal judge from Georgia. Then somebody sent me a joke and said they're also looking at Stacey Abrams, Michelle Obama, and of course Barack Obama himself, even though they wanted a woman. I don't know. Go figure. There's also Sherilyn Eiffel. She's the head of the NAACP. And what was the other lady's name? Rachel Dolezal, who pretended to be a black woman for quite a while. Right? She's, she's no longer a black woman. Or is she a white woman? I don't know if that counts. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'll keep you posted on that stuff. Like I said, this stuff doesn't really excite me. You know why? Because we already know. We know that Biden's going to be president when this replacement is made. And Biden's going to pick whoever Biden wants to pick. And he's got the manpower to get it approved. So it's going to happen. He's going to pick whoever he wants. No matter which one of them he picks, they're all going to be the same. Rubber stamp social activist. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm a cynic. I've seen this stuff before. You've seen this stuff before. We know what's coming. So this isn't really one that's going to be fun to talk about. We're going to lament over it when we get in. We're going to find out all the crazy things. They're going to get grilled by Lindsey Graham. And then they're all going to vote for this person. It's just how it goes. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. Straight ahead, we've got Peter Schweitzer author of the brand new book, exposing Joe Biden and charging him with all these different uh, criminal allegations. And let's see what happens with it. I would love to see this stuff get taken to some U.S. attorney and them saying, you know, we're going to turn this actual book into an actual indictment. But I have a feeling that's not going to happen. More to come straight ahead. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. 
Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Yeah. an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Welcome back. As promised, it's Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. At Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And uh, I spoke with Peter Schweitzer earlier this week, and we were talking about all of the crazy that's going on in his new book, Red Handed. And I said, you know what? This is way too much fun for me to be having uh, while I'm on the phone with him. So I wanted to get him on the phone with all of you so you could find out exactly what's going on in this new book. And I want to urge you right now to get a copy of the new book. It's called Red Handed. It's by Peter Schweitzer. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it in a lot of places. Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. All right, Peter Schweitzer's with us. Welcome to the program. Well, Rich, it's great to be with you as always. This book, now you've written a bunch of them. And uh, there was profiles and corruption. There was several. Obviously, you you exposed in Clinton Cash what was going on with the Clintons. You've exposed in a, in a bunch of different titles that you have, and they're numerous. And I urge everybody to read all of them. In this one in particular, I think there's this uh, direct connection that you're kind of unearthing between Biden and Xi and the Bidens and China and the CCP. So I guess help us uh, walk us through it. What was the impetus to get you to say, you know what, I really want to focus in on this one? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I first exposed the fact that the Bidens have commercial ties in China back in 2018. And at that time, uh, with the information we had, it seemed like a pretty clear cut uh, example in my mind of cronyism and corruption and uh, the fact that the Chinese were trying to curry favor with the Bidens by setting Hunter up with these deals. Um, since that book came out, though, we got access to a lot of new information. We got access to the Hunter Biden laptop. We got access to the emails um, of some of Hunter's business partners. Uh, and what we found is um, really it's not just a question of corruption. We found the people who actually made these deals happen in China have links to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. And that, to my mind, puts it in a sort of completely different light in the sense that, yes, it's about corruption and cronyism, but you're now talking about the the fact that uh, this very much could have been an intelligence operation done by Chinese intelligence uh, to compromise uh, the Biden family. And when I say the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, I'm talking about businessmen who are partners with the vice minister for state security at the time. Uh, This is uh, an intelligence officer that is responsible for foreign recruitment of of people to spy for China. It's also responsibility for North American intelligence operations. So what it means is that we have a first family uh, that has collected some $31 million uh, based on the available information uh, from business deals in China arranged by businessmen linked to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. And that ought to be a concern for everyone. Now, I would agree with that. But I think so many people push back on this and say, but that's exactly what politicians do. 
So what's your point? What's so unique or significant here? And I think this is egregious, but you've highlighted in previous books that this isn't even a partisan issue, but this type of corruption runs deep. You have both Republicans and Democrats, and you kind of got into that a little bit in this book. Tell us more. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. This is not just a Democrat problem. It's not a Republican problem. It's with both sides of the aisle. Uh, In the book, I uh, have profiles on Mitch McConnell and uh, his family uh, and uh, their involvement with uh, the Chinese government and how the Chinese government has helped make his family very wealthy. Uh, There's information on Nancy Pelosi, uh, her family and the Speaker of the House, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein from California, uh, former Republican Speaker of the House John Boehner and the uh, consulting uh, firm that he is now connected with. Um, this is definitely a bipartisan problem. And, uh, you know, people who want to just sort of reflexively defend the Bidens uh, because of a, a partisan interest, I mean, I understand loyalty. That's important. But you got to look at this in context. I mean, politicians are corrupt. But, but imagine during the Cold War, Rich, I've, I'm certainly old enough to remember it. The idea that we would tolerate an American politician doing deals with Russian businessmen who were linked to the KGB, it just never would have happened. It, it would never, ever, ever happen. Um, and yet that's precisely what we're facing right here and now. So this is not about you know pre- defending the Biden presidency, Biden's legacy, Biden's agenda. It's very simple questions. And that is why did these Chinese businessmen with these links to Chinese intelligence, uh, put it upon themselves to set up these deals for the Biden family. And what were they getting in return for doing them? Uh, and this is the sort of thing that, to me, is elementary. If, if we're going to say that this is acceptable and normal course of action behavior, uh, the future of the republic is lost because then everybody's going to go out and get these deals. And then we won't have anybody in Washington willing to stand up to foreign governments. In effect, we have a virtueless society. And we're on with uh, Peter Schweitzer, author of Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Make sure you get a copy on Amazon. Now, I'm looking at the cover of, of the book. I was looking at the wrong cover before. <laughs> Pardon that snafu, but there's so many good books, honestly. Uh, because I wanted, I like the fact that you always have good cover art and you kind of call people out by face, you know, and then by name in the book. And in this one, it's 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 Biden shaking hands with uh, President Xi, uh, President for Life Xi, I should say. And and at the bottom there, you got a bunch of little sub uh, photos there. Like you've got uh, Boehner, and I see Pelosi and LeBron James, and is that Henry Kissinger? Uh, it's it's just so um, yeah. I, I couldn't make out the photo. Yeah, yeah, that's Henry Kissinger, and we got Elon Musk on the front cover, mm-hmm. Bill Gates. Yeah, it's a widespread problem with politicians, but also Silicon Valley and Wall Street. And I think it runs the gamut, uh, like you're saying, not only in industries, but in, in entire institutions, right? Because they're not just money-making enterprises, but you've got higher education and other institutions that China's infiltrated. Tell us a little bit about how Bill Gates fits into the puzzle here. Yeah, I mean, Bill Gates is a very interesting figure because, of course, he's worth, you know, what, more than $100 million, $100 billion, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wonder, like, does he really need the money? What, what's his motivation with China? Um, so it's kind of mysterious. But what we do know is uh, that he has very deep ties uh, in Beijing. We know that he has invested in Chinese companies that are uh, building. They're part of the Chinese military industrial complex. So they're building uh, military and weapon systems that are pointed at the United States. Uh, We know that Microsoft itself um, does joint research with Chinese laboratories that are linked to the Chinese military. 
And what they're doing is uh, developing artificial intelligence. So again, this is a field that's very important for military uh, application. Microsoft is helping China in their race against the United States on this. Uh, and we also know that Bill Gates um, is, is an advisor of sorts to the Chinese government. Um, he uh, was uh, put in the Chinese Academy of Engineering, which sounds like a very sort of, you know, fun kind of techie place. Uh, but when you research and look at it, it's not very hard to find. You find that the Chinese Academy of Engineering is run by the Chinese Communist Party, and mm -hmm. its purpose is to help the Chinese government um, expand the technical powers of the state. Uh, so Bill Gates has associated himself with these things. He's involved in you know, several ventures, including nuclear reactors that have military application that benefit China. Uh, and he has nothing critical to say about China, about their censorship, about their human rights abuses, about the Uyghurs. It's truly a bizarre uh, uh, arrangement. I think it's more than just money. I think that Bill Gates is sort of wrapped up with the vision of liking to deal with business leaders, sorry, with political leaders who, because they're dictators, can just do what they want and get things done efficiently. And that's one of the things he's praised the Chinese government for, the fact that they are so efficient. Uh, brutal dictatorships have that advantage, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we're on with Peter Schweitzer author of this banger of a book. It's an excellent book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win. Hardcover, it's out, it's available, get it on Amazon. And I want to jump into um, a little bit more on exactly the, the connection and some of the new stuff that you unearthed with Biden. And I also want to get a little bit of the scoop on what's going on with LeBron James. But I want to do that straight ahead so everybody don't move a muscle. We're here with Peter Schweitzer. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media. And our guest right now, Peter Schweitzer. He is the author of the brand new book, Red Handed. 
And he is, uh, this is, a, a, I'm not going to say a part two to Profiles in Corruption, but it definitely is, even though it may not be serial, another edition of that. And it's red-handed how American elites get rich helping China win. Peter Schweitzer, tell us about some of the new information uh, that you got. And you, you alluded to it earlier, but I want to kind of nail that home for the listeners uh, with respect to Joe Biden and some of the things that we didn't know that we kind of found out after the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, sure. A couple of things. Um, first, uh, as I said earlier, all the deals that the Biden family got in China that we know of uh, happened as a result of individuals connected uh, that had relationships with the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So that changes, I think, the equation as to what was going on. The other thing that's very curious is that Hunter Biden in 2014 goes to the Secret Service and says, I do not want you to provide protection. I don't want people traveling with me uh, when I go overseas. Um, that's a really strange request. It could be for personal reasons. We know, obviously, he had some of these personal issues relating to drug use. Uh, but it puts it in a new light when you consider some of the, I would argue, nefarious characters mm -hmm. that he's dealing with overseas. But the other important revelation is that uh, this is not just about Hunter Biden. Uh, we have examples of uh, Joe Biden having off-the-books meetings with uh, Chinese officials. These are officials that uh, either Hunter Biden wants to do business with or is doing business with. But we also show that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's finances are intertwined. Um, and this is really important because it shows that Joe Biden is a beneficiary of, you know, some of the foreign deals that Hunter Biden is involved in around the globe. Um, so he benefits and he benefits in the fact that Hunter Biden is paying some of his bills. He's paying for renovations on his home up in uh, Delaware. He's paying for his phone bill. He's paying for other expenses. Uh, and Rich, th this is not legal to do. Uh, right. Politicians, family members can can give them gifts for Christmas and for their birthday. They cannot be using their businesses to subsidize the lifestyle of their family members who are politicians. Um, so it, it speaks on two levels. Number one, it's illegal. Number two, uh, it shows that Joe Biden wins when Hunter Biden wins. When he gets these overseas deals, right. Joe Biden is a beneficiary of these deals as well. And it really puts into a really negative light this whole idea that he's a painter now and that he sells these paintings for, for more than a Picasso. <laughs> it's just crazy to exactly. me. Exactly. I'm going to become yeah, a painter. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see your artwork, Rich. I mean, the problem is you don't have a powerful mam a family member who's a politician, right? At least that I know of. Um, yeah, or yeah, she. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just uh, it's just absurd. And, you know, to me, the art deal all makes sense when you realize that in 2019, the U.S. Senate uh, issued a report talking about how the art world is rife with money laundering and corruption, organized crime, foreign oligarchs trying to hold their cash. Uh, I don't know if somebody in the Biden family read that report and said, hey, I've got an idea. Uh, but it makes complete sense because art, of course, is totally subjective. And you can sell it to a foreign national and say, oh, they just uh, appreciate my creative eye, even though everybody else looking at it knows what's going on. And uh, I think it's just the, the latest iteration in uh, the manner in which the Biden family enriches itself. Now, you know, I've seen this type of corruption, this whole uh, you give me gifts and kickbacks in other ways. I've seen local politicians have swimming pools, in-ground swimming pools, additions built on their home from construction companies that were getting state contracts. And it's to me, it seems like this is something that we know about. And when it happens at the local level, it's 
not before too long, you see the FBI conducting a raid on City Hall. But yet with Biden, it's he just flashes his pearly whites and everything seems to go away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do know that there is a grand jury that has been convened that is investigating Hunter Biden. And reportedly that is for his dealings in China. Um, you know, issues related to taxes and, uh, you know, possible money laundering and other issues. But I agree with you. I mean, there is a different set of rules. I mean, local sort of low rent politicians who engage in crude corruption get the book thrown at them. But national politicians who are doing corrupt deals with foreign governments, I mean, the local level, you've got a guy who wants a paving contract, right? So he hires the brother of the mayor. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not good. That's not but here we're talking about China, who, who said is their national goal is to supplant the United States as the most powerful country in the world. So the stakes are a lot higher. Uh, and yet passes are given uh, to the Bidens. I think passes are given to other people. Um, and it's really disconcerting. I think it's our responsibility to expose it. We need to shame people who engage in this, whatever their political affiliation. And we need to demand that our institutions like Congress and law enforcement do their jobs and investigate these things in a serious and thorough way. Right. In effect, we're saying, you know, like tar and feather the bad politicians. However, I I feel like it's more like and you seem to thankfully be safe from this. But it seems whenever somebody comes out with a report that's negative, they want to tar and feather you for reporting this stuff, for doing the <laughs> the research on this and publishing it. And I think it's it's crazy. Now, Peter Schweitzer, and again, the book, I just want to make sure everybody gets this title, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. And this is no lie. I mean, when you look at the people on the cover of the book, you're going to understand exactly how pervasive this is. But tell us a little bit about probably something uh, I'm fascinated with maybe not everybody else's, but you know you're a you're a fellow at Stanford. I know that you're down in Florida. You're all over the place doing this type of research. What does the actual process look like? Because um, I, in my head, I envision you and a bunch of crack researchers, you know, around a table just killing it with the research and working your sources and putting all of this together. What's it really like? Yeah, I mean, it's a long process. So this book is based on more than a year's worth of research, Uh, had a team of 13 researchers. We're uh, looking at material from around the world, from China, the United States. We're looking at corporate records, financial records, uh, court documents, uh, some public reporting. Um, and, and, you know, putting information together. Um, so sometimes that involves translating material, et cetera. But the bottom line is that we don't use anonymous sources. Um, you know, that, that's the whole thing that was behind, mm-hmm. um, the dossier uh, on President Trump. Um, it was all anonymous sources. And I've come to believe you cannot trust, uh, unnamed sources. You have to go with uh, information that is on paper, uh, that is documents, that is documented and proven. And that's what we try to do. So that's the standard. And you're going to find more than a thousand footnotes uh, in Red Handed. Um, And what I always say to people is the materials here, you can raise questions about it. You can counter, uh, you know, argue against it. But the facts are the facts. Dispute the facts and tell me where I'm wrong. And people have not been able to do that because we very much pride ourselves not only on collecting the information and writing about it, but we actually have a fact-checking department. All they do is make sure that we're getting the facts right. That's great because uh, I've always felt that's actually a part of journalism is checking your facts. (laughs) The (laughs) fact that you have journalists that want to say we're going to have to fact-check that I think is ridiculous. I'm glad you're doing it. And, And I'm glad you're doing what you're doing overall. And I guess final question to you in the minute that we have left is uh, 
you know, for a little while, I worked with uh, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, and helped him, you know, put together a lot of what we did at the national level. And it was very interesting work. And what you do is similar, but what you do is also very different. But what I think it remains uh, in the the column of similar is the threat that's posed to you for outing these people. And some of this, like you said, some of this information is public, but a lot of it you're unearthing for the first time and publishing in, in, in mass because people are really going to read this and we're talking about it. How do you, A, do you have fear for your own safety? And B, what are you doing to make sure that you stay safe? Well, I would just say, Rich, I, I appreciate the concern. Um, it's cer- certainly a concern for us. Um, we do take security precautions. Um, um, I'm not going to go into detail on what they are. But, yeah, I mean, anytime you expose nefarious behavior by very powerful people, you run the risk that, you know, actions are going to be taken against you in one form or the other. Um, so we're on top of that. Uh, that's part of what we do and part of the manner in which we operate. Um, and we're not going to let it deter us or uh, lead us to uh, be less aggressive. Uh, we feel this is important. Somebody has to do it. Nobody else is. So the burden falls on us and we're glad and honored to be doing it. Well, amen to that, because we need you to be safe. So people buy two books so he can get more security and do more books. <laughs> the book is Red Handed, <laughs> How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. The author is Peter Schweitzer. Thanks for joining us today on This is America. Thanks, Rich. You got it. All right, more to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to talk about this leaked audio. That's right. There's some leaked audio that uh, townhall.com has on their website. And it's of none other than Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, Alejandro Mayorkas has historically been a big denier, right? They say that we're science deniers, climate deniers. He is an illegal immigration disaster denier. He's constantly and consistently said that there's not a crisis, not a crisis. And he said, all right, I think we have a crisis. And now behind closed doors, meeting with the Border Patrol, he's now singing a different tune. In this leaked audio, Secretary Mallorca says that the border situation is the worst it's been in 20 years. He goes on to say, if not ever. Now, the Biden administration has pointed to this situation and refused to call it a crisis saying that, you know, it's a challenge. Well, yesterday, Town Hall reporter Julio Rosas, big hat tip to Town Hall and Julio Rosas for putting this out there, reported with this audio of a recent uh, DHS meeting where Secretary Mayorkas met with the Border Patrol and Customs Enforcement agents, and he was doing his best to empathize with the difficult situations that CBP agents are going through, finding themselves in, and, you know, you've seen the videos, the thermal imaging videos, the helicopter videos on Fox News or on Newsmax. Uh, I know I have where they're like literally getting into fistfights, chasing these guys in in the dark of night. And here's the quote from the audio. I know the policies of this administration are not particularly popular with the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, said Mayorkas, but that's the reality. And let's see what we can do within that framework. Okay, thanks. I mean, it's just, um, it's astounding that, that he would suggest such a thing. But I get it. You know, sometimes the bureaucrats feel like their hands are tied. Now, according to Mayorkas, that's because the administration is still negotiating with Mexico. The numbers aren't where they need to be, he says. So uh, I would agree with that, with these, you know, complaints that he's getting from the CVP. 
In other words, there's a huge backlog of cases creating a de facto way to game the U.S. system. Mallorca said that the administration, the Biden administration, was working on creating a system that will reduce the processing of those cases so it's down to six months from start to finish. Not the, I think the two-year mark is where it's at right now. He noted that while 85 to 90 percent of migrants passed the initial quote-unquote credible fear interview to claim asylum, only about 20 percent of them are eventually granted that same asylum that they claim to begin with. And that has to be done by a judge. So what they do is they want to speed up the process where migrants, in theory, wouldn't be able to enter the country for six to eight years, at which point they'll never leave the country that they're in, regardless of of whatever a judge will eventually say about their case. And this is why, um, in effect, he's making this admission that the current asylum system is broken. And that's according to the piece in Hot Air. But I want to click over to this audio because I want you to hear it. I think it's uh, it's very telling. Listen to this. Hey, good morning, everybody. I, uh, for those of you uh, that came in early this morning, I haven't seen in a while. Uh, it is really a, uh, an honor to, uh, to be able to talk to you all this morning and, and present um, our invited guests, the secretary. Sending families and kids uh, it will not be the same. Uh, How can you reconcile those statements? Appreciate appreciate the candor. You're absolutely right. Too many border patrol agents who work behind you. Every time something important comes here, uh, we rush out. We have 50 more buses that come in, and they take as many people out of here as they can. You guys keep saying you want to see how it really is down here. Why do we keep sending as many people out of here, out of here as we can before they get here? It's not really showing what it is. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure I follow. So, CPC, the whole area back here, before you come down, before anybody comes down, a senator, it doesn't matter. They bust as many people out of here as they can to whatever other sector. It may appear that people are trying to you did the day you were appointed the agents telling him listen everything's not hunky-dory and again back to the quote this audio is not great so i have to read some of it from the transcript look it's worse now than it frankly has been in the last 20 years, if not ever, Mallorca said at another point in the meeting regarding the overall situation at the border. And you heard it. These exasperated agents told Mayorkas the situation at the Yuma sector was much better under former President Donald Trump because everybody was doing their jobs. Now, it's difficult to tell from these exchanges whether the Biden administration actually plans to deal with the situation or if they're just paying lip service to the CBP agents. I don't know. And again, this is what they're surmising in hot air as well. It's a really good piece. You should check it out, hotair.com. I'll tweet it out or put it on Getter and Parlor so you can take a look at it. But there's secret flights going all over the place. We heard about them stopping in Philly. We know that they're going into New York. There's new video footage of these chartered planes landing with uh, these young single men coming out. You know, they look like they're ready to work. Some say they look like they're military age. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But again, I don't put too much past these guys. Bottom line here is there's a lot going on. And it's up to we, the people, to ask these questions. If we don't ask the questions and we don't take the time to think critically and crack open a book and know what's right and what's wrong and know the law and know what we got to do, nobody's going to do it for us. 
And guys like Joe El Baboso Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas and Kemala Eres, the vice president, they're just going to keep lying in our faces and doing what they do and enriching themselves like we learned with uh, Peter Schweizer. Ultimately, they're all in this for themselves, not all in this for the United States. And this is why I say we got to stand for something, because if we stand for nothing, we will fall for absolutely anything. And that's from Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for you, good people like you, to sit there and do nothing. That's a quote from Sir Edmund Burke. So don't sit there and do absolutely nothing. Do something. Until the next time, America. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez. And this is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich.